Hi there, welcome to Safer Beach Podcast. My name is Dawn Powell and I am chatting today with Tom Dunn. Hello. You're going to have to really bear with us because even though um, Dawn is the expert at this, or I, expert. Oh, I think she is, um, but I am a complete novice and you need to all know out there at this moment, I'm a complete technophobe. So to get me in front of this thing must mean this is really, really, really important. Right. Okay. Save the beach. What are we actually talking about here? What does this mean to people that have just tuned into the podcast? What is it is going on? First of all, what's the problem that we are facing? Well, I think what people need to be aware of is that this has come out of a proposal by Network Rail to change the rail track along the route of Holcombe and Timmouth. Now, for those of you who are out there, you most probably know that some years ago, I think it was 2014, we had the hellish storm. I think this was before they even started naming storms, so we could have given it our own name, really. (laughs) And it came in and it ripped that rail track out in Dawlish and everything went crazy. and, And basically the government then said, we've got to do something about this. We've got to keep the rail track open to the southwest. We've got to keep the link open, so on and so forth. David Cameron our Prime Minister at that time, said, no, money is no object. Um, So I think the government decided to throw some money at it. And I think they then put out and said, well, okay, what can we do? What what should we do to keep this rail link open? Not necessarily improve this rail link, keep this rail link open. And I think they've come up with different things. Obviously, their major priority was to rebuild the track at Dawlish and get that up and running so the route could be reopened, and they did all that. And now they're looking at proposals to keep that route safe and operational for the long term. Now, the area that they're talking about in Timmouth and Holcombe is basically moving the rail track as it stands at the moment away from the cliffs in certain parts of that area so it's a little bit further out to sea so therefore taking away parts of the beach to build build that railway track upon I don't think any of them at the moment can tell us how much of that beach they'll take away they do keep saying things like oh it won't be as bad as you think or it won't be as much beach as you think and I'm not too sure about that at the moment But the whole idea is that they want to extend the rail track a little bit further from the cliffs so they feel that it will prevent potential landslips or rock floors from the cliffs landing on top of the tracks and therefore stopping the rail link completely. Right, Okay. You mentioned the fact that Dawlish section of the rail track was the part that fell into the sea and I think that went out on national TV didn't yes. it where you could see this the track bouncing and the sea down below that's right yeah okay but the part of the beach that or area that that strip of the coastline is actually Holcombe Tinmouth that's and right and you've said landslides yeah so we first of all want to ensure that people do not confuse those clips that keep are actually circulating again that's not Tinmouth and it's not Holcombe we never had the actual rail track disappear. No, we didn't. So it's really this situation of changing the line and bringing it out further into the, to the sea, which means they're going to build over the beach, is purely because of potential landslide. That's correct. It's not anything... To be honest, it's nothing to do with that storm. At all. We had a landslide in 2014 that covered, I don't know, so many metres of the track, but it was, I haven't got the figures obviously on that, but it was, it was a landslide, but obviously any amount of slippage off of the cliffs onto the track is going to cause a problem with getting the trains running through. And obviously the thing is, it is a main artery from Cornwall right up through to Paddington. Yeah. Yeah. So which we completely respect and understand. So all of this, this money that's been raised and being put into this whole reconstruction of a whole set, whole line of the coast from Timmouth right through to Holcombe area is purely because of this landslide that isn't even a problem. So I, I heard that the last time we had one was over 100 years ago before 2014. 
that's that's what I understand as well. And and equally, because we're at this moment in time, we're having these consultation meetings organised by Network Rail that we, as the public, can go along, obviously, and find out what they've got to say, air our views, and try and get as much information as we can from them. Information they have, I would say, because there's an awful lot of information that they don't have that we'll come on to. And I I was really interested because, you know, there's lots of talk going around at the moment. There's lots of rumour, there's lots of speculation. People keep saying, oh, I've heard this, I've heard that, I've heard the other. And one of the things I, I was talking to one of the network rail representatives and I immediately said, well... Your detectors on the cliffs, uh, um, on the Timmouth end, what, what are they saying about the rock movement or the land, the soil movement or whatever it is? I am not a technical person. I haven't got a clue what that means before anybody complains and I'm not using the right terminology. And they said, oh, we don't have any detectors on that bit because we don't need them because it's stable. Which also then begs the question, <laughs> right. So why are you doing this? And they said, well, no, the problem is more the Holcomb end. Right, okay. So is that detecting major problems? And the answer was, no, no, it hasn't for quite some time. There hasn't really been any movement detected. So it just it poses this huge question of why are they doing this? They're telling us that this is because of potential landslips, potential rockfalls, potential whatever coming off those cliffs. But it appears that those cliffs at this moment in time are quite stable. And I think the misinformation that people are getting again out there is that, again, like Dawn has just said, is that this is about the sea. It's nothing to do with the sea. They're not saying that the sea is the problem. They're saying the cliffs are the problem. So when, as Dawn said earlier on, they're putting out these newsreels of rail tracks getting torn up by the sea in storms and things like that to say this is why we need to do this that's not what they're doing it for they're not doing it because it's of the sea it's a com- and it's a completely different section of track and it's they're doing they're wanting to do this for a completely different reason which is completely not sea connected it is all about those cliffs and the potential and i keep using the word potential that's really key to focusing on that. Yeah. There is nothing that is actual fact that there is a problem and a landslide expected at any given time. Right. And we've said before, you cannot predict nature anyway. Nature is constantly, all the time we keep encroaching upon it, we're going to be in a battle with it. It doesn't matter what we do or don't do, we are up against nature and it's changing so rapidly now also that we all understand with the global warming and the rising in the sea, t- you know, in the temperature and rising of the sea levels. So even then, if their proposals were due to a problem that does exist, it's all liable to change anyway, because it's all changing rapidly around us. Mm. So it, if somebody used the expression, it seems to be a sledgehammer being used to crack a walnut. I agree. And and I think the other element of it is, it's not rocket science. If you look around the whole of the globe, not just where we are at the moment, every time humans or engineers start tinkering around with nature, particularly in coastal regions, it goes wrong. Yeah. Every time. It's going wrong at the moment with the work they're doing at Dawlish already. It was it, the the work they did at Dawlish Warren. All the millions of pounds they spent there. Nature just came in and said, "Oh, we don't like that. We're not having it <laughs> on our beach or on our area. So we'll just rip that out for you and get rid of it and put it back to where what it was like." But unfortunately, you see, they can't. Nature. One thing nature can't do is put it back to what it was like. Yeah. Because once we start messing about with it, then nature can, yes, remove some of it and say we don't like that, but it can never, ever, ever put it back again. And I think that's the message. Once, if they're allowed to change the track at Holcombe and Tynmouth and remove part of the beach, all of the beach, I'm a bit confused what they're doing, to be totally honest. You can't put it back. It's not coming back. This is the only one 
an only opportunity to try and look at all the issues around this, not just about that we need a rail link between Paddington and Cornwall. Yes, we need a rail link between Paddington and Cornwall. Nobody is saying, nobody's disputing that we need a rail link between Paddington and Cornwall. I need a rail link between Paddington and Cornwall. Occasionally, I go to London. Well, no, actually, what I do every year is I go to London and I see a big rock concert because that's one of my big treats. So I love, I like using that rail track. So we're not saying... Get rid of the railway. No, we're not. We're saying, yes, we need the railway. If we're going to change that piece of railway, if we're going to change it to improve it, if we're going to change it for the better of everybody, there's lots of issues that need to be talked about around that. And the biggest issue, I think, at this moment in time, is the environmental issue. So that's the biggest worry here, isn't it? The impact that it's going to have on not just the beach environment, the sea, it's also our town. And also, people don't appreciate the other beaches up and up along the estuary here and around the coastline. That's right. Obviously, that piece of beach is very important because that's the piece of beach that they're looking to build upon. But the knock-on effect from building on that beach... It is potentially huge. And at this moment in time, Network Rail, any of their environmental people that work for them, they have no data, no statistics, no answers, no studies available to tell us of the potential threat of building that new rail link will have on the rest of the coastline. The beach further on going into Timmouth, how it will affect hitting over in Sheldon, how it will affect the estuary, the sand movement, the silt movement. Gosh, it's endless. And over the coming weeks, we will be talking about all these issues and how then it will again reflect around the coast. One of the issues I've raised over the last couple of days is, as we all know, over the last few years, we've seen a huge amount of new sea defences go up in around Timworth, in Timworth, Sheldon, around onto the back beach outside the ship. Love a pint in the ship, just thought I'd get that in. It's a great pub. A lovely pub. <laughs> and so we've had all these things done. But of course, when they set up all the plans for this, when they did all their surveys and whatever they do, I don't profess to know anything about how they do these things, but when they would have had to have done that, they would have had no idea that there was a potential of them extending the network rail track and and playing around with that piece of the environment. So you're saying the people that did all the surveys and the tests and the studies with regards to the defences, this isn't network rail? No, 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 no. You're saying the people that put these flood defences in that did go in many years ago. Yeah. and, And none of their studies included this change on this big long stretch of beach exactly exactly so in so, fact it, it's got massive knock-on potential just for that alone yeah so even if you just take that one element and you know that i, I would call that one little blood vessel because this has so many different branches going off all over the place yeah are those defenses now viable anymore or will it be that by changing the ecosystem or the environment by by building on the beach at Holcombe and Timmouth, that it will change the whole sea movement and the sea structure and the sand structure or whatever you, whatever it all is about. And and basically those defences are pointless and therefore they're not going to work. And as we know, in this time, the one of the reasons they actually built those defences is because of the rising sea levels, is to think of the future, is to think, yes, global warming is a problem, even though there's a lot of people out there that don't think it is. They built them for those reasons, because of the change in the environment, the change in how everything is working off our coastline and the potential of flooding into the town. But now we have a defence that possibly isn't going to do anything. So those flood defences that are there, some people again think it was just to protect those houses that are, are along the, the back beach. 
But it's not. It's, it was more than that, wasn't it? Yeah, it was to protect the town. We've all been in town and we've seen the old photos of, of the streets around that area and shops being flooded out by tide coming in. Now, obviously, over the years, there's been different things done around the town or to help prevent the potential of that happening. And I've lived here 20 years and I can't remember anywhere being flooded majorly over that period of time. So clearly, as they stand at the moment, they're working, but this changing all of yeah, this... Yeah, but, but, and, would, but, but obviously they wouldn't have built new defences or, or upgraded the defences if they didn't think there was a need to do yeah. so. If some some environmental study hadn't said, oh, there is a chance here that Timworth now is in danger of being flooded. So therefore, we need to build some defences. And Sheldon has a potential of being flooded. So we need to build some defences. So... They've done it and they built those defences, but now, are they worth anything? Are they going to do anything? We keep hearing from Network Rail that their environmental study isn't going to be available till October. Well, that's what I was told last night. I mean, I went to the last two and I went to the one on Monday night and I didn't have that conversation. My wife did and was told no environmental studies will be available till October, so... I thought, well, maybe we should go and check that out and just make sure we've heard that right. So I went back and asked exactly the same question yesterday. And no, they no environmental studies, data, information, anything you would like to know about how building upon Timmouth and Holcombe Beaches may affect the environment in our area, surrounding areas, estuary, I don't know how far we might have to think here. So um, they say they won't release them or they haven't done them? They're a bit woolly, I would say. I think they're saying they haven't got enough information to release. So, OK, what we're saying here then is that they have put forward a proposal for how they're going to move the train track away from the potential landslide mm-hmm. cliffs take it out into the sea and change all of that beach environment without having had the environmental studies first and foremost to have then planned a structure that takes all of that into account, that they haven't done that bit first. That's 100% Dawn. Well done. I just want to make that clear. No, that's right. The assumption is... That they're a big corporation and therefore they have access to get all of this information together beforehand and that that would have been taken into account before they put together the proposal and their fancy model that we all looked Beautiful at. Model. Beautiful model. Love the model. Loving the model. <laughs> which also was showing people on beaches and, and things like that, which that, again, they said that isn't a realistic Uh, example of what sand will be left available or beach area to walk on it was just an an average of various tide times which again was a a worry but this is showing how they have plowed ahead with putting together a structure without any of this fully being taken on board and what did they say to you also about to do with the water flow they were going to check it in a tank? Yeah, I, I started exploring this last night with one of the representatives there. What I firstly said to him, because my big thing is the environment, I think this is the big thing we need to be looking at, they're concentrating on. And I sort of said to him, look, I think you might have done this in plain English, a bit arse about face. Because surely you needed to have the environmental studies done first before you built your beautiful model over there and I equally said surely if you've done the environmental studies and they were all very positive to what you were proposing an awful lot of people in this room or in other rooms to come would have felt at more ease potentially with what you might be proposing and he totally agreed with me which sort of says it all doesn't it? And then he sort of started saying, oh, but we're doing more studies. And I think they might even put their lovely model in a tank of water. Big bath, basically. And they're going to swish it about a bit. And they're going to see what it does to their beautiful model. But come on, we all know, don't we? This is called nature. This is the sea. 
we, we all live by the sea. We can see the power of the sea every day in different ways. We know what it does. If it wants to rip something out, if it wants to pick something up and throw it into the air, then it will. Don't think they're going to be able to do that in a tank. I can't, I can't see it. And, and even if they do it all on, on computer, you know, simulations and stuff like that, it's not real. It's not real nature. You know, it doesn't work until you actually see the force. I wondered how many people there last night or live by the coast or visit the coast regularly and see what nature is like living by the coast and what it can do and how it can affect so many different things and like we said earlier on who's to say that they build this or or, or they give the go-ahead to build this and they put all whatever they're going to put in to to do this and and as we've seen so many times before nature just comes in and says oh i don't like that and rips it out but unfortunately then the damage has already been done the sand has been moved the ecosystem has been changed irreversibly you can't go back we won't be able to go back and the fact as dawn and i have just said that they have no data they have no reports they have no statistics i don't know all these different words that you would relate to that one or two things to be definitely either way is worrying either they do not have all the facts or if they're not making it available until october that they have got some of the facts but they don't look good Either way, it's the fact that these should have been out way, way, way before they even put together a proposal for a structure. Exactly. How can you have meetings with with the general public? At the end of those meetings, uh, the general public to be given a form to fill in, to give opinions and views and comments and so on, if at the beginning they're not giving all the information how, we're, not being informed. we're not being informed. How can you make an informed opinion, decision, whatever you want to write on a piece of on a form or on a piece of paper? How can you do that if you haven't got all the facts presented to you? And we really haven't got all those facts. We just keep getting the nice model. We get the lovely model. <laughs> Lots of uh, video. I was thinking of, of how will be on the beach or, or walking along the, the lovely concrete path that they are planning on giving us instead beautiful, of Beautiful, beautiful concrete path. Right, the other problem is the length of time. We, we've been given different times on this, haven't we? Is it three years it's going to take to build or ten years? I haven't got a clue at the moment, to yeah. be honest, because, I've, again, I've heard so many different things. Obviously, there's this period of time, all this supposed decision-making and getting all these facts and figures and environmental studies and so on and so forth together. I don't really know how long that takes. Then I don't know if all that, God forbid, gets passed and they say, okay, we're going to start this. I don't really know when that starts. I then don't really know how long then it takes from there because I think in one breath they're saying it'll take so long to rebuild the rail track um, and have that the new rail track operational and then there'll be additional time on top of that to then reinforce the cliffs. I've heard three years, eight years, ten years. I don't think I've heard beyond ten years yet, but I'm sure it will be because these things always take a hell of a lot longer than they normally say they would take. So, again, how are we being informed and it's also, again, the environmental impact on this, isn't it? If it's going to take, whether it's three or ten years, in effect, the people of Timmouth will be living on one massive, and next to one massive great big building site. Exactly. Which is going to cause a problem, obviously, around the area I mentioned about the Clean Beaches Awards that we get given. We're going to have concrete going into the sea, and I remember when they did repair some of the seawall again back after the storm, was it 2012? There were slabs of concrete just left on the beach, bits they didn't need, just dumped on the sand, which is also another problem of throwing back into the wall. It's more, more rubbish to actually be hurled back at the sea defences. But apart from that, it's problem in the town with extra lorries delivering stuff, etc. There's also the, the holiday makers. 
are they going to want to come and sit next to three to ten years worth of a building site right next to them going on and have their kids in the water when we've got dust and, and again cement and or whether they're destroying the current Brunel wall or concreting over it there's still going to be debris in the sea isn't there exactly I mean from the point of view if you look at it the potential is that that part of the coastline is going to be built on or being built on I don't know this because everybody keeps telling us different things 10 years so that part of that coastline potentially is going to be closed off for 10 years with some form of building work going on it as you just said Dawn look if I we all know I have friends I have mates coming down every year come to Timworth we go out have a few pints Go and see the view. People come here year after year after year after year. Do you really think, and I would aim this at all those businesses out there, all those cafes, all those restaurants, all those gift shops, all those art shops, all of those things. Do you really think after the first year of coming here, sitting on the beach that isn't being built on, sitting, like Dawn has already said, sitting to a construction site with all that noise pollution, with all that potential dust and air pollution, with all the potential stuff that's going to be washed out to sea, debris from building work, whatever, and then brought back in on the tide onto the beach that they're not supposedly building on and create, I don't know, creating brown beaches, black beaches, grey beaches, whatever. Do you really think those people are going to say... I'm going to come back next year because I've had a lovely holiday. <laughs> it's been, oh, it's so relaxing. Do you remember in the 70s, for those, those of us who can remember the 70s, where the, the big joke was you get you get your trip to Tormelinos and you turn up and you got into your hotel. It was either half built or the, the hotel next door was being built and you, everybody was complaining because they went on their holidays and they were just basically on a building side or in a building side. Well, that's going to be Timberth, yeah. basically. And within a very short period, if, if that is the kind of effect, whether it be three years, five years, eight years, ten years, the economy of this town will die. Yes, there may be certain people that will profit initially from selling a bacon sandwich to a workman with a hard hat on every day, but it will die. People will not go to the trinket shops anymore and buy those things. People will not be going to the local cafes and, and buying their coffees. The, the place will become a ghost town because people will find alternatives, alter alternative holiday destinations to go to. The Timoth they all came to, the Timoth they all loved, the Timoth they all remembered as a child or growing up won't be Timoth anymore and they won't come. Well, it's just also, that's the holiday makers alone. We've got day trippers from all the surrounding areas. I spoke to a lady the other day, she's from Exeter. There's an Exmouth lady. They're coming in from everywhere. Torquay people come over because we have got a beautiful stretch of beach. Whether you are a dog owner or you just enjoy the fresh air, and the exercise and then again most people then pop into the town because we have got a really great cafe culture i'm a local i have a dog so yeah i walk my dog on the beach every single day and then i pop into the town sometimes and i get my bits and bobs from the the local shops and also meet friends for coffee i'm not going to be able to do that now that means i will start shopping elsewhere outside of town because i'm not in the town by the very nature of having just been out walking the dog and it's easy to do that and I'm not alone there's going to be thousands of people that will just then alter their routine that naturally brings them into the town so this is holiday makers day trippers and locals isn't it that this is going to have an impact on changing what we do at the moment that brings business in it's going to have this huge monumental effect you know, yes, like you said, just said, Dawn, people come here from, you know, surrounding areas, Newton Abbott. Most probably, Timworth is one of the closest beaches, I would say, to that people can get to from Newton Abbott to have a day out with the kids or walk the dog or, or whatever. We've got one of the best longest exactly. nearby in this particular area because 
Torquay has got bits of beach, but there's not one great big long exactly. bit that we've got, which makes us quite unique. Exactly. And also, what we need everybody out there, you the viewers, <laughs> or the listeners, as I call you. You are, actually, because I'm, I'm rubbish at this. I'll get better, don't worry. You need to get the message out, because I don't think people in Newton Abbott and all the surrounding areas understand what's happening. And I think at some point... Some of those people from Newton Abbott or surround Bobby Tracy, I don't know, wherever you want to, Ashburton, Plymouth, God, I could go on, are going to say, oh, we're going to go to Timworth for the day. We haven't been there for a couple of years. I'd love to go there. We had, there was that cafe on the corner. Do you remember that when we had a lovely cheese sandwich there? They're going to turn up and it's going to be a building site and they're not going to have known, even though they only live down the road, they don't know this is going to, this is happening. Or this is potentially going to happen. And I would implore all of you out there, all the one person that's listening to this beautiful podcast, to tell as many people as you can. Get the message out there. Start making them realise how this is going to potentially affect their lives. How the whole concept of network rail extending the rail track in the way they are proposing is going to affect their lives individually because there will be something about this that will affect everybody. No matter where you come from, what you do, what your views are on things, whether you whether you think there's no way we should, you know, this is a wonderful plan that Network Rail are doing and what I don't understand what all the fuss is. That's your opinion, and I respect that 100%, but I can assure you there is something in this plan that you will find out at some point that you will think, oh, I didn't realise that was going to happen. And even though, yes, I, God, I need that railway, I quite like that bit as well. And now I can't have that bit anymore because they've taken it away and they can't put it back again. So... I would say to all of you out there who are listening and to get the message out, you know, we need to start doing things about this and we need to start being very proactive in stopping this or preventing this or looking at alternatives to this. I can only come back to what I said at the, possibly at the beginning of this. I can't remember what it was. (laughs) Uh, We all know we need the rail service. There is no question about that. But there are bigger issues here for us now and for generations to come who either live here or want to live here or want to visit here, it isn't just about now, it's got to be about the future. And the big thing is how is this proposal going to affect our environment now and in the future and years and years and generations to come? Because as we said, as we've said a number of times through this, once you've done it, you can't go back. That should be our punchline. Yeah, basically. Yeah, once you've done it, you can't go back. And we will be left being saddled with all of the fallout. And it's not just the people, again, of Timmouth. The other misnomer that is being bandied around at the moment is that the train track itself is going to be protected from, when we have um, quite violent waves, when it's a windy day, from the sea coming onto the track. That's not the case, is it? That's what some people think is happening, that the track is being extended to move the track further away from the sea. Because, again, we have some days occasionally where it's a particularly stormy day. The waves hit the wall, come up and go on the track. And I love that bit where it's saying somebody nearly died when the train, the water hit the train and it smashed a window. Well, it was one person who didn't die but that again is the case of right well now we need to change all the train track and it's all being blown out of proportion with that but again coming back to they're using that to say that it's the waves now that are the problem yeah and that's not going to change is it at all in fact again without this environmental study that could potentially get worse because you've now got the sand the sand will have gone that's there at the moment that actually absorbs a lot of the tide up until we get to the point of a high tide on a stormy day, they're going to still have the same vulnerabilities. Well, they are. And equally, I was talking to somebody about this uh, 
from Network Rail, and they were saying, and I said, surely at the moment the beach acts as a natural defence, particularly at low tide, from the waves or the storms or, or whatever getting to the side of the track. And they said, well, what we're go- the construction we're going to do, it will have um, a curvature on the concrete that will um, lessen the force of the waves coming on, so it'll lessen the chance of the water going onto the track. I forgot to say to him to go further down our beach, just beyond the pier, where we have the curvature of the wall that's lessening the force of the sea that's supposed to stop so much going onto the promenade. How many times have we been there when it's been a really stormy day and the amount of rubble or shells or whatever you want to call it that are covering that promenade from the force of that sea? It becomes an extended beach sometimes, it, doesn't it? The amount of sand that comes up. It on does. It. You don't need to walk on the sand because you just need to walk on the sand on the prom. So I don't. Again, I do not profess to be an engineer. I have nothing. And again, if somebody can enlighten me and say, Tom, actually, this is what their point is, I'd love you to do it because they didn't really enlighten me at the consultations about that. It, just a lot of blank faces when I sort of pointed some of these things out to them so i just don't see i I just as a layman somebody just looking at it thinking well surely these problems are still going to be there surely actually by removing the beach changing the ecosystem changing the whole environmental structure of that area you are dicing with fire because it could make it a hundred times worse than an occasional bit of sea jumping over the track. You could be you could be opening well, you can't a huge against every single thing that may or may not happen. Exactly. So really ultimately the cliffs are a potential and the sea can't control that. And this is not going to be dealing with the sea situation. And the reason I heard also they are making or pulling out so far is that they can still run the old track next to that runs next to the cliffs at the moment and then eventually then close down that old track once they've got the new bit out and run that so they're trying to get it to a width of two tracks at the moment well my understand i don't understand this because again i i I don't understand this oh my god i'm going to say that an awful lot aren't i that might be the, this is that, the problem, that may be exactly the, that may be the thought in my we yeah. don't understand. <laughs> um, somebody said last night the guy I was talking to, I think he's the head honcho. He said that they're going to relink the track at Spray. They're going to do some work on Spray Point so that they can pull the track out, relink it at that point over a weekend. So and that'll be the only time they'll need to close the track. And um, and also I think you know the one of the reasons that's the only bit that they that's the only time they think they're going to need to close it because they're going to do that. But at the end of the day they they're trying to do as much as possible to keep the track open because we do need the rail service and we're not debating that but equally you have to take into consideration that for every day that rail track potentially is closed during the week when, tragically, somebody was injured um, in the rail carriage. That rail track was closed. Network rail were being fined immediately by the government for every day that any of their tracks are closed due to whatever reason, even if it is an act of God. If they can't keep that service open, then they are fined by the government for not being able to do that. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Now, again, quote me if I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, I apologise immediately. If I'm wrong about anything I'm saying here, I apologise immediately. But I would love somebody to give me the right information. Not just say, you're talking rubbish, Tom. Please tell me, or tell us, tell Dawn and I, if there is something that we're not aware of or that what we're being told isn't quite true or it's not quite what the facts are. Because I think that's one of the hugest problems we have at the moment. There is so much stuff going around on social media, word of mouth, all over the place that it's all getting really lost 
And as get, we're getting a lot of angry people making a lot of angry statements because of things they may have heard or may have read that may not be factually right. And therefore, I think one of the things we want to get out of our podcast mm -hmm. is to get to the root of the facts, the actual concrete, excuse the pun, facts that this is what is happening This is what potentially could happen. All of those things, we, instead of lots of people just coming up with their thoughts in the head, blasting them out to whoever, but actually not really having any basis to what they're saying. So I think the problem with that <clears throat> has been a lot, though, because Network Rail are, it's, are promoting tales of mystery and imagination on one hand on what the proposal is about, without having all of the information to hand, like we said, about the environment and the impact on all aspects of that environment that we're talking about. But also, when we've gone to the consultation, the very people that are representing National Rail are all telling a slightly different story. So now we've got smoke and mirrors. We have looked at some of the representation that has been out on the media just recently And we know how biased the majority of them so far have been. They're not showing the correct images. They're not bringing into the fact of, that people are upset and angry. They've got people there going, yes, I want this, which isn't the case. Some do, yes, but they're not showing the other side of it. So this is why that's all, all happening, I think. Or not think, I know. And, and whether that's a deliberate part on Network Rail or it's just the way it's going that we end up all basically fighting amongst each other in who's right and what's going on. But that's also why we need to start addressing this, looking at the areas and making people aware that are going to impact everybody, but also that we need to come together and unite in this and step forward really as, as one body of people. What It, do you feel? I totally agree. And I think it's all this misinformation or confusion or whatever you want to call it is just really not helping at this moment in time. It's just not getting the right message out there about what the people in Timmouth and Holcombe and the surrounding areas and Devon and I've got a friend who used to live in Timmouth who's just come over from Hong Kong. So Hong Kong feel about this the way people can actually get their views across in a proper way is to be informed and informed with the correct information and at the moment there's a lot of misinformation going around but equally like we've already just said about the environment no information <laughs> so you know that's pretty bad really you know it's all well and good to to make up stories but not to have no story to make up is a hell of a lot worse, yeah. to be totally honest. And this is the thing we do so need to be aware of, inquire about, and without scammer, worry about. Oh. And, and yeah, ensure that we get these answers and, and hold them accountable to giving us these answers. More than likely, at some point, this will go to a public inquiry. People from Network Rail over the last couple of days have actually said it will go to a public inquiry. Sorry to interrupt you, right. So another misnomer that has been going around is this is a done deal. There is nothing we can do to change any of this. No, there is. It will have to eventually go to a public inquiry. There are evidently lots of different stages. Again, Don't ask me the stages, but there are. And it was explained to me last night. And I would say they can't have been misinforming me about that because they told me about all various stages that need to be going through. If they wanted the, to hide that from me, then they wouldn't have told me it, really. And there's time. There's time to change this. There's time for us as a group as residents, as people that know people here, people that visit here, whatever you want to call yourself, wherever you fit into that huge jigsaw, to get our message across. I was told clearly by a representative of Network Rail last night that this will, W-I-L-L, -L, go to a public inquiry. That is the opportunity when it gets to the courts that the opinion of the residents directly affected by this proposal will be heard and will be taken into account. 
but that means all this work we need to do now is actually getting together a clear, informed, precise, educated interpretation of what we feel as residents here, the things that worry us the things that we can see might have a knock-on effect. And to ask those questions as a public inquiry of if by the time it gets to a public inquiry, we haven't had certain reports on things or that we're not happy about the environmental reports that they eventually come up with, for us to say. And that will be listened to. But you'll only get one shot at that. There will be only one opportunity. And that's why the message from the public around here and further afield has to be clear and precise and one voice. It has to be one voice that everybody getting together and speaking from the same hymn sheet and repeating the same question and the same opinion over and over and over again. We all have our individual opinions. We all have our individual views and all of those need to be taken into account. But there's no way any court or any... Um, inquiry can hear all of those it go on forever so we need to concentrate on those main things the main issues that we want listened to as residents of Timmouth and Holcombe surrounding areas and people that come and visit us and the top of that list I think Dawn and I are on the same page on that is environment yeah because environment covers <coughs> quite a wide aspect it does yeah we're not just talking about sand sea marine life here we're talking mental health we're talking the local economy we're talking about residents here it's all of it and it's not just Tinmouth. we're talking about estuary shoulder dawlish and probably a lot further out as well again who knows but until we actually get some concrete information on what these studies are supposed to be doing or what they've found or whatever how can any of us have any idea even when they give us all these studies or if they give us all these studies if if they answer all these questions about environment answer them effectively effectively well done (laughs) dawn's got all the words um We all know this is called nature. This is nature. This is a living thing. The sea is a living entity. It is a living body. The sea can do one thing one day and one thing the next. So just because they've tested certain things one week with relation to the environment, or the same readings the next week or the week after... Or the year after. The sea is is so patient. It's like you block it off one way and it just keeps... It it just wears away day in, day out. And it doesn't matter whether it takes months, years or millennia. The sea gets where it eventually wants to go. Um, But when you annoy it... Yes. (laughs) When you get its nerves, then it sort of gets a bit feisty. Yes. And I just think if they're allowed to... Do what they're proposing. The tea is going to get very feisty. It's going to be like your worst mother-in-law in the world. And now I've got one of them. Oh, should have said that. Don't listen. Don't listen. It's going to bite us on our bum. And it's going to tell us no. And we're going to take it back. And we don't care if that devastates the landscape. We don't care if that devastates the town. We don't care if that devastates whatever. You didn't do anything. To help to save our environment, so we're going to just do out the way we want to do, and that's the power of the sea. And also, the people that are putting forward the proposals are probably safely ensconced up in town somewhere, not suffering the after effects of this change that's going to go on. Exactly. I mean, so, it, you know, and, and also once it's sorry, cutting across you, once as you said, it's done and we can't undo it. Then who do we go to for any recourse? With whatever is going to happen, and we are saying, be sure something will happen as a result of this. This thing cannot go in and not change anything at all. That is not ever going to be the case. So what would even the recourse that the town or the people or the businesses that will be affected, what recourse will they have on 
network rail? Have you got the money to fight it? Or, or do they have a, a fund then to give out to people who are, are losing homes and businesses and things like that? Exactly. If this does take 10 years, and that's the, I think that's the longest period of time I've heard so far, yeah. I may hear further, in that 10 years... A lot of potentially the engineers, the architects that made up the plan may have retired, moved on to other jobs. The politicians that are making these decisions may have retired or... Or, or let's put out a vote and then disappear. Yeah, or, or governments may have come and gone. Everybody involved now may not be around in 10 years' time. And then, as we know, we know in politics... Everybody blames the person who came before. So the people in 10 years' time, when you go, oh, my God, this hasn't worked, and look, it's destroyed everything. Ah, but it was their fault. They made those decisions it's 10 years ago. Absolutely us. nothing to do with us. Right. Thank you very much, Tom. Good chatting. Thank you, Dawn. <laughs> do you know what? In all the time, because we're here in a lovely studio in Abbey Road. No, we're not. We're in, we're in Dawn's uh, uh, office. Absolutely, your office, isn't it's it? Office, it's office. Yes. And do you know what? She hasn't offered me a drink or a coffee. She, <gasps> oh, she didn't, I'm sorry. Excuse she didn't me. You just got me. the nicest coffee. She did. Coffee she did. Maybe. Well, no, when I came through the door. So I'm, yeah. I need to shut up now because my, <laughs> I'm parched, basically. Right, so at the end, what we would like you to do is go to savethebeach.co. UK and see ways in which you can get involved and help with regards to writing campaigns or any other ideas you have or alternatively you can email Tom and I at savethebeachpodcast at gmail.com. I've got very very hard skin you can tell me what you think but I would equally say I would like constructive criticism because non-constructive criticism will not help this cause. Constructive ideas. And constructive ideas. We don't want criticism. No, no. Oh, no. Constructive ideas. Cut that out. Cut that out quick. I will. <laughs> yes, email. Constructive, constructive ideas. Because that will be so helpful. And hopefully, if you send us your constructive ideas, we can then pass them on. Unconstructive ideas. You're going to go and sing to them. And yes. And if, if there's... Uh, if, um, if there's too many unconstructors, I will be singing the theme song to this, which is actually very good. It'll be Joni Mitchell, Big Yellow Taxi. They paved paradise and put up a parking lot. Yes. Same thing, really, isn't it? <laughs>